You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name is Jocelyn Renee. And if this is not your first time, welcome back. I'm your host on this journey, and it is my goal to encourage your growth behind and beyond the chair in this ever-changing beauty industry. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Jada Jenkins, whom I've known my entire salon life. When I began working as a shampoo assistant, Jada was a salon assistant for another stylist in the same salon. And I have always admired her drive, her style, and her creativity. It is truly unmatched. So for me, this conversation is just very much reflective of growth. And to even begin to see how far we've come, I would like to start by sharing an excerpt of Jada's bio. Get ready. Jada Jenkins is a notable and distinguished hair care professional. Since the age of five, Jada had a strong desire to become a professional hairstylist. With her allure and perspicacious personality, Jada strives to aid the development of self-confidence by bringing inner beauty to the outer surface. Jada's passion for her craft has propelled her to extraordinary achievements that have allowed her to reach beyond the scope of her salon. She has been afforded various opportunities, which include acquiring a role as a Mazzani L'Oreal professional educator, participation on the promotional tour for Daytime Divas, exhibiting her work for Elle magazine, and showcasing her talents during the BET Music Awards and New York Fashion Week. You may have also seen her artistry on celebrities such as Deborah Lee, Star Jones, Tiana Taylor, Sherry Shepard, Robert Griffin III, and Kelly Price, just to name a few. Following in line with her aspirations, Jada recently launched her own salon, L'Amour de Rose, which also hosts an empowerment event for young girls ages 5 through 15 that is designed to promote self-esteem, enhance character, and provide education to young girls on hair and beauty techniques. And now with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation. I promise you will be truly encouraged by what she has to share. I've known you for a while. Could you give a quick introduction to our listeners about who you are and where you currently are in your professional career? Okay, my name is Jada Jenkins. Hey guys, hey, how are you? So let's see, I started out at the age of five wanting to do hair. Um, I remember like this day, like it was yesterday. I was in the bathroom playing in my hair like most kids do. And I saw a piece of hair that just wasn't right. And I saw some scissors. I picked them up and I said, oh, let me snip it. And I snipped it. And of course, you know how when you're doing a project and you do something or you're coloring something and you think it's going to turn out one way and it doesn't. So you keep going and keep going. And so that's kind of how it was. I kept cutting and cutting. And before you know it, I was a five-year-old with a tape of cut. And my mother had a fit. When I say she had a fit, she had a fit because she didn't know how to do hair. And so right then, that moment kind of put me in where I am today. It started me going into the hair salon at the age of five because my mother didn't know how to do hair. I had to start getting, you know, braided kids, braid styles and things like that. So I was a, I'm a shop baby. I grew up in the salon 
um, going every two weeks, understanding it, looking at it, seeing what I didn't like about the experience, what I did like about it. And so that kind of started my passion and my career for hair. And it's been a journey. And I'm shocked, to be honest, like some not shocked, but just at all. Like, you, you know how you have a vision or you, you know, you think of something that you want to do, but you don't really think it's really all going to happen the way you want it to happen. And so with that being said, I've been in the business for um, 15 years. I own a hair salon, which is called L'Amour de Rose. And that means the love of pink and French. Um, pink is my favorite color. And also I just feel like pink is a, you know, it's a girly color. You think you see pink, you think of pretty, you think of beauty, you think of bold, you think of soft, you think of, of a bunch of things with identifying women when you think of pink. So um, that's where I got my name. Then I got a tug. I'm like, all right, this is not it. I need to do some more. And so then I found myself educating my assistants a lot. And so um, educating them, you know, I would hear people whisper in my ear, oh, you should, you should teach, you should do this. And I'm like, oh, no, brushing it off. No, I'm good. I'm good. Behind the scenes, I'm good. And then one day, I think it was an Instagram post about, you know, being a platform artist, a Mazzani platform artist. I applied and the rest has been history when I tell you. So I'm an educator and I really, really love educating um, other stylists, other um, potential stylists on, um, you know, what my journey has been in this hair industry. You are a phenomenal educator and you're always so fun and lively. And like you, you combine like the, the science of it with like the fun of natural hair. I feel like you always exude and bring fun. So like, what is your favorite part about being a hairstylist? My favorite part about being a hairstylist is that turnaround piece showing that person whoever's in my chair themselves in the mirror and giving them a why I do certain things you know most hairstylists they just do hair oh you want this okay let me do this and then a guest or a client is like well I don't like this or this and it's just the fun part about it is breaking down all right you say you want this now this is going to be the result of this this is why I say do this the why behind it I should say always a why behind. So I think that's the fun part, understanding the why behind you want these highlights or the why behind you want this blow dry and curl today or this set. What's the why behind it? So I can make sure that we are going in the right direction as far as solution based and making it practical for you and making sure that the hairstyle lasts. So I think that's why I like doing it. I love that because, you know, I'm, I'm a hair nerd. I, I will say that. Like, I really like that why piece. Do you feel like you approach your clientele or your services as like a doctor of hair? Girl, I'm a doctor. I'm a therapist. I'm everything. Yes. Yes, yes. I feel like I approach it as solution-based, making sure that just because you want this doesn't mean you can get it. How are you balancing, like, being their their hairstylist, their therapist, their friend, their, you know, going, doing all the things? Because you do so much. How do you find balance? That's a good question. And I feel like, to be honest, I realized I didn't have balance before this pandemic. This whole um, shutdown really allowed me to figure out how to balance better, um, how to make it work. But, you know, even before then, I just made it work. Like I knew on certain days, all right, well, I got an hour. I can go spend an hour with my mom. Then I can go here and do this with this person. Then I can do this. I think my body is just so used to multitasking and being able to get stuff done. And I also realized that I needed help. So I pulled in friends. I hired an assistant to kind of help me on the back end 
of things that I was dropping the ball on as far as, you know, getting things done. And that allowed me to focus more in the moment. It allowed me to kind of be present with whoever I'm dealing with, understand them. Let's talk about it. Let's vent. You want to vent? All right, I got you, sis. Because I have been able to delegate some of my responsibilities or, you know, things I need to get done to other people so that I don't feel so overwhelmed and I can juggle it. What was that that experience like, like bringing on an assistant? Have you gone through multiple assistants or have you had the same one? Girl, 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 girl. Let's talk about this. So in the beginning, I went through assistants like you go through your draw. Like it was <laughs> bad. But I think I didn't understand, number one, I didn't, my, I wasn't mature enough to have more patience with people and understanding. And then I realized that I can approach each assistant or each person the same way. And that's what I was trying to do. So understanding how to approach each person. So I just came up with a system of, you know, I'll let, whenever I'm hiring a new assistant, I have them, depending on what it is, whatever it is, I'll have them come in for like a day or two or a week come in, hang out with me. Let me see what your personality is. You see what my personality is. I may throw them different um, projects to do, see what they can do without giving them guidelines. And then they'll let me know, all right, this person is an organizer or this person is great at blow drying or this person is good at sending emails or this person is this. And then that will allow me to put them in their strong spot versus putting them in somewhere where they're not as strong and expecting them to be strong because they're not. And so then put them in their strong spot first, make them strengthen that more, and then slowly give them stuff that they're weak in to make them better and make them stronger in what they're weak in. That strategy is like gold right there because <laughs> I I personally am very anxious about hiring help because I feel the same. I'm very particular. And if you can't match it, like I, this is going to be a problem. So thank you for that. Do you feel like you needed multiple assistance? Yeah, definitely. Um, since going back to work from the pandemic, I only have one right now, but I've had, I've been operating off of two um, assistants. Um, and then when I was traveling every weekend, I had three assistants at one point, which was great because it allowed me to see more people. You know, if I needed to cut out a day because I had to travel somewhere, I have three assistants. So that means three people, literally, really four people can be worked on at the same time and be still in and out because I still wanted to make sure that I respected people's time and didn't have them in the salon all day just because I, I needed to cram everybody in because I had something else to do. As you transition like to being a platform artist and taking more opportunities like abroad and traveling, did your clientele push back on you for like, hey, I have to cancel or hey, I have to squeeze you in here? Was there a pushback? No, it wasn't pushed back because my clientele was so supportive of what, like I have an older clientele and so they were so supportive of seeing me, you know, I saw you do this. I saw you on this TV. I saw you do this. And like, they follow me and they comment and they love it. So it was no pushback. But what I will say is any new clients that I had gotten um, within probably not right now, because I'm not traveling, but like what I would do is any new clients, I tell them off the break. Hey, listen, I'm a traveler. I'm an educator. My schedule sometimes changes. Are you okay with that? Because if not, I'm telling them off the break because I don't want you to fall in love with me. And then when I got to switch your appointment, you got attitude with me or, you know, you're not that flexible kind of person. Or if something comes up and I need to, you know, change your time or something like that, I can't handle that kind of client. So I always off the break, let them know, hey, 
this is who I am. This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. Are you okay with that? And as long as I got the okay, then I'm saying, all right, you can be my client. I love that you identified your type of clientele and like know which type of person will fit with your uh, schedule, with your lifestyle. How long did it take you to narrow down the best clientele for you? You know, to be honest, it took me trying to build a clientele and needing some money and trying to figure out who was going to be consistent. And so I realized that the working average older woman is stable. And so I said, I want this clientele of a stable woman that goes to work, that has a paycheck every two weeks, that budgets her hair, her hair job. Whereas, you know, not knocking your younger, your younger crew, but at the end of the day, their money is funny sometimes, or they hop from one stylist to another based on who can get them in or based on what a stylist can do, especially now with Instagram. So I just kind of established that, hey, I want someone that is going to come every two weeks. And I want someone that is not going to question me dollar by dollar. Okay, how much is this? How much is that? I'm like, no, sis, you need a treatment, you need hydration, you need a trim, you're going to get that today. And they cool with it. I, I, I don't want that person where it's tit for tat. And, and I'm not knocking anybody that has to do that, but it just, that's the clientele I went after when I was establishing my clients. Absolutely. I think it's knowing yourself and knowing your numbers, knowing where you're trying to go so that you have the people with you or around you that can get you there. Now that you're established, you know, you have your own salon, you have your own brand, even as an educator, even though you're with Mazzani, what was it like to brand yourself, even though you're with a large company? I like this question because I feel like a lot of people um, have issues with this. And I think in order to brand yourself being with a large company, with a bunch of different artists, you have to be okay with who you are and what you bring to the table. In order to brand yourself within a brand, even if if you're not with a brand, because Social media will get you feeling like you're not where you're supposed to be or, oh, this person posts this. Maybe I should post this. But no, we two different people. Prime example, just because you post lots all the time don't mean I got to do it to be successful. So not trying to do tip for tat, just being in my own lane kind of helps. You know, and I feel like you never let the fun escape you. Let me tell you the reason why I do that. It's a couple of things. One, my mom and my auntie helped raise me, right? So I have two, like, I have, and they're two different people, right? And so my auntie is more of the consistent, like, every time you see her, she's going to be bubbly. She's going to speak to the world. Like, that's who she is. And I like that in her. So I said, all right, let me take a little bit of this and put it in me. Then my mom got the confidence, got this. And so I said, let me take that and put a little bit of this. But another thing, too, for me is that in school, I was that girl that hated it. Any type of lecturing or anything like that, I I got bored. If you were talking to me monotone, I'm like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? If you didn't throw some animation or anything like that, it just didn't capture, it didn't sync well with me. So I knew that in order for me to be heard, that I needed to make sure that number one, my personality was consistent. Number two, it was fun and interesting. And it made people like want to know, all right, what is she going to say next? All right, what is she going to do next? Um, To keep them captive, keep them interested in what I had. And so that's kind of why my why behind why my energy is always the same. Why I'm, everybody says I'm fun and bubbly. Do I have my days when I'm not? Heck yes. To be honest, I always say I'm an introvert but I live an extrovert life. 
I would never, Jada, introvert, never, never would I ever say that. Let me tell you, I'm such an introvert. It's ridiculous. And you ask anybody in my family, they will tell you, I am an introvert. I'm a loner. I'm by myself. Like, I just am that person. But I know for sure, being in this industry and understanding that there are girls out there that aren't as confident as I am. And so they need to know. They need to see examples. And so I just want to make sure that I'm an example so I can turn it on. I'm like, all right, we got to do this. Let me show these people. Let's do it. But I'm a loner. I want to be by myself. I, I hate talking a lot. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> Jada, like you, how, how are you pulling this out? How are you turning this on? Like, did you have a mentor or somebody that was just like this? These are the things you need to do to be, you know, more yourself or like let it shine. Like how, how? So I do have mentors. I'm in different areas, uh, life coach mentors, so hairstylist mentors. And so what I did was I took a little bit of each, but I remember my one mentor, um, one of my homegirls, Evie Johnson, she told me, she said, just go out there and be yourself. Like you're telling a story. And ever since she told me that it just kind of stuck with me. So literally Every time I talk, I am telling a story. And so a story can be animated, a story. You, when, you, when you look and read a story, if you think about it, you're reading a book, right? You see the visuals of it and you pretend. It's like an, your imagination. And so I want people to have an imagination that are hearing me talk, but that may be blind and can't see me with my animation. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I did it. So I do have mentors that kind of tell me, be you, be you. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to be me. All right, I'm going to tell a story. All right, I'm got it. So that's kind of how. And it, it shines so bright. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for you and everything that you've done for me to see. You know, I came up behind you in the salon, like as a, a shampoo assistant. When I look at you or look at your journey, going from, you know, becoming a cosmetologist to now owning your own salon. What was that in between stage? Like, did you need to have a salon because you are a loner? So you wanted your own or like, did something else push you to get your own business or own your own salon? So there's a couple of things that pushed me to get my own salon. Number one, I worked in a whole lot of salons and it was just always a couple of things I just didn't like about it. Or I just say, when I have my salon, I'm going to do this. Or when I when if I ever do a salon, because I never, to be honest, I never wanted to open a salon. The only reason why I opened my salon is to have the space to educate and help train up other hairstylists. That's the only reason why I have my salon, especially my space, because I feel like it's my job, my duty to help other stylists be great as well. And so um, that's one reason why I have my salon. And then it's little things that I wanted to offer my guests that other salons I worked in didn't offer or, you know, my, my, my staff stuff I wanted to offer them that I wasn't offered, you know, the environment of how I wanted it to run. It just caused me to say, all right, Jada, you need to open the salon. So that's why those are the two reasons why. So it sounds like it was like a passion project, like your passion for education pushed you into getting your own space. So with that being said, did you feel like there was a, almost like you, I don't say you expected to have a financial loss or did you go in like, I'm just pursuing my passion. So naturally everything will just unfold. Did you just have that type of faith or like were you feet to the fire? So let me back up. I did leave like open salons and I went and got my own little private suite, but I outgrew that spot like bad. It was so small. So 
um, I knew that I that's what my passion was and I needed to do. So I saved my money so that I can purchase and be okay if I got a loss, if I had a loss. I was in an uncomfortable situation for like a year or two, and I was okay with it because I knew what was going to happen at the end, what I, what my goal was. And so I saved as much as I could so that I could find something that was affordable for me that I was okay if I lost out in money. So that's the kind of mindset, which I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's what, that's the kind of mindset I had. It's just like, all right, I got this money aside. This is the money that's going to be towards my salon. This is what my budget is. This is where it's going to work. And then we're going to go in and we're going to take this L. We take this L. We take this L. We take this win. We take this win. Did you make a business plan before you started, before you jumped out there? I did. I feel like it's very uncommon for stylists to do that. It's very uncommon, but it's very important because let me tell you, the very first building I was looking at to get, where I'm at now, I was going to have to pay triple dish out triple of what I spent. But understanding what that business plan was, what things will cost, I was able to bring it down significantly. So definitely a business plan is something that I feel like all business owners should have because it lets you know from the jump what you can afford, what you can't afford. Because you can go in with this grand scheme of things, not having a business plan and then get stuck. I see it all the time in our area where I see you ever see houses that's been sitting for years or months because they vacant because it's half built because the people run out of money. That's yep. kind of how that's yeah. And I just didn't want that. So I definitely um, think I don't want that for anybody else. I definitely think a business plan will help you because it'll let you know how much money you really need and it'll let you know, all right, well, I need to scale back some or I need to bring my standards down a little bit or I need to go to another plan. It just breaks it down so you don't have to be stuck in the middle of, um, you know, like I, like I mentioned, that house, that unfinished house. Absolutely. So what could you leave that young girl that's in cosmetology school, that's striving to be a celebrity hairstylist or that's striving to own a salon? What would you say to her? I would tell her that young girl to number one, take it one day at a time and under, understanding what your passion and your, your, what your purpose is in life. Because just because you see, oh, this celebrity hairstylist or this platform stylist or this loctician, that might not be what your, you know, that might not be your calling. So understanding yourself, really understanding what you want in life and what is what it is you're supposed to do, and then going after it and not giving up. Because it's funny because I remember there was a time where I was just ready to give up more hair. I didn't have any clientele. It had dwindled down. Um, it wasn't making sense for me to do hair. I was just paying, I was just doing enough hair to pay my booth rent and I wanted to give up. But what if I would have given up? I wouldn't be where I am today. And I think about people like, you know, Oprah or, you know, Beyonce or who else, you know, African-American women that have, that have been successful. What if they gave, they gave up when, you know, they wanted to give up because I'm, I'm a thousand percent sure they had moments where they wanted to give up. What I hear you say is like your purpose and your passion, as long as it's for you, like you'll come into who you need to be. Yeah. And another thing I would say is make sure that you get mentors. I wish I would have, I have mentors, but I wish I would have got them younger and known about getting mentors younger than what, when I, I established them. And you can have different mentors for different things. If you need a financial mentor, if you need 
a life coach mentor, if you need a hairstylist mentor, how you can have different mentors, but definitely have a mentor because that mentor will help guide you in the right direction that you need to be. Because remember, they've been there, they've done that. And so they um, can help you with your hiccups and they can also share stories where things went wrong or things that didn't happen um, the way they thought it can happen or would happen. Um, they can give you pointers and tips on that. Um, my mentor all the time, she's a salon owner, so I'm always calling her, hey, what about this? And she's like, oh girl, I did this, here, I'm gonna send you the link, buy this, this and this. I'm like, all right, cool. And I don't have to stress about it because I know she got the best interest in me. She's gonna look out for me, and I don't have to. Have, I don't have to go through her hiccups because she already went through them, and she's passing it down, so I can be great. Did you struggle with when you had your mentor? Like, are you gonna give them value too? Like, are you gonna be? Is this gonna be like a one-way relationship? No, because I feel like everybody should have a mentor where someone pours into you and you be a mentor to someone where you pour into someone. So it's kind of like, okay, it's okay if I don't have anything to give back to her, but me and her have established that you are my mentor. You're going to pour into me and she's okay if I don't pour back into her. But I do have people that I mentor, so I'm making sure I pour into them. So I feel like as long as you're getting something from someone and as long as you're putting something in someone else, then it's like a rotation and it'll be good and we'll all be great. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Before we wrap up, could you share where people could find out more about your salon, about your education, about you? Okay, so you can visit my website, jadajenkins.com. I do have some mentoring programs. I have some one-on-ones. I even have a financial plan I just launched um, in March where, you know, we can kind of help, you know, financial goals, help build clientele. I can kind of tell you, take you through the ropes of how I build my clientele, things like that. Um, so that's jadajenkins.com. Also, I have my salon is lamordarose.com, L-A-M-O-U-R-D-E-R-O-S-E.com. Um, you can book on there for both, um, both websites, find information about my salon, um, see pictures of the salon. And we both are on Instagram, Lamordarose Salon, and Jada Jenkins CO on Instagram as well. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned anything from this episode or were inspired by anything that was shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating of this episode and then heading over to Apple Podcasts to write a review. And don't forget to check out the show notes for links about things that were mentioned in the interview. And also make sure you visit salonfrequency.com to join the vibe.